Hola, soy Fayana Guerra y soy Lobo Lep. Chalama lagum, ni hao, chutak, jambo, aloha, konnichiwa, One of the first things that we should cover in Linguistics 101 is the beginnings, which should be easy, right? So there are many, 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 many questions and theories about the origins of language. I mean, when did humans start talking and how and why? What was the first language? How did language even come to be? Why did we decide as humans that we even needed to communicate? And is this just spoken language? What about written language or gesture or body language? You know, all that kind of thing. The answer is we just don't know. <coughs> So, there you have it. Now you are a Logolette too. I'll see you next time. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, there's obviously more to it than that. Let's talk about some of the questions that people have and some of the theories that people have proposed to at least give some answers. Now, obviously, this is really hard to hypothesize about because vocalizations don't leave behind any sort of fossil evidence. That's one of the main reasons why there are so many theories and so few answers, because we have no hard remains to go by. In doing the research for this episode, I found at least 20 theories about how and why language started. So obviously I'm just skimming the surface and I'm not really going deep into any of these ideas. So if you want to learn more, I'm going to provide a works cited list um, on the transcript of this episode at the website taffythelogolep.com. So let's get into it. One of the big blanket theories is about slow physical and mental adaptation. If you look at the skull difference between a gorilla and an early human, a neander tall, there are some features through a reconstruction of the vocal tract that seem to indicate that humans were capable of more intricate sounds. Throughout evolutionary evidence, reconstructions of later skulls seem to show more and more development of the vocal tract as time continued on. For example, human tongues are smaller, thicker, and more muscular than primate tongues, which allow us to make a wide variety of sounds. The larynx, or the voice box, and pharynx above the vocal cords are part of this system too. And humans have a much different positioning, size, and shape of these than do other animals. I have to throw in this quote in here from my graduate linguistics textbook. Let me see if I can find it. Here we go. Monkeys may not be able to use their larynx to produce speech sounds, but they do not suffer from the problem of getting food stuck in their windpipe. In evolutionary terms, there must have been a big advantage in getting this extra vocal power, i.e. a larger round of sound distinctions, to outweigh the potential disadvantage from an increased risk of choking to death. Along the same lines, some believe too that the development of the human brain also aided the human drive for a more complex communication system. As the Linguistic Society puts it, the changes crucial for language were not just in the size of the brain but in its character, the kinds of tasks it is suited to do, as it were the software it comes furnished with. Aspects of this theory also say that the creation of language was probably somehow connected with the use of tools, that maybe learning to speak in a way that conveyed a message was just another tool to aid in survival. On the other hand, some theories say that language came more suddenly and fairly recently in human history. Some, including Noam Chomsky, believe that there may have been a genetic mutation that could have relatively quickly led to the right physical and mental tools to aid with language and communication. One major piece of evidence for this theory is the recent findings of the FOXP2 gene mutation. This mutation, which is actually an alteration of a gene that can be found in primates, 
can cause problems in language control, both mentally and physically. It can cause difficulty moving muscles around the face and mouth, and it seems to cause problems controlling the ability to produce and understand language. Some people, therefore, are calling this the language gene, though many think that that is an oversimplification and generalization. And since it's so new, there's still so much to learn about it. Many also look at the way that children begin speaking as a way of looking into our own historical youth. Children use vocabulary before they start using grammar, which seems to support the idea that maybe people started with single utterances before forming sentences. Still, babies have a lot of input, and early humans didn't have anybody to listen to in order to help guide them in their language abilities. Others think that the way children babble may lend some insight into early human communication. Maybe the early humans just made a lot of sound and eventually formed meaning from that. Noam Chomsky also believes that observing children's formation of language can show us that all people have the right mental disposition to learn certain parts of language, like semantics, phonology, morphology, which we'll talk more about those in a later Linguistics 101 episode. Gestural theory suggests that humans, much like animals, first communicated through gesture and body language. Some neuroscience seems to support this theory, starting with the fact that gestural language and verbal language actually share a lot of the same neural systems in the same cortex of the brain. Also, gesture seems to be intrinsic in many primates, meaning that they perform some of these gestures, for example, the beating of the breast that you think of with a gorilla. Even if they have not seen another primate perform this gesture, they can do it on their own. Another theory is in most religions around the world, where a divine being gave language to humans. In Hinduism, for example, language called vak can came from the goddess Sarasvati, the wife of Brahma, who created the universe. And I'm sorry, my Hindi is not very good. In several faiths, language is connected to the breath of God. In Hebrew, for example, the name of God, Yahawah, is just breath sounds. It's the sound of breathing in and breathing out. So the idea is that by breathing, you are communicating and communicating worship. There are also several religions that teach that speech can be helped in times of difficulty by some sort of divine intervention. So that's some ideas for the how, but now the why. Why did humans decide that it would be a good idea to start talking with each other? This surprise also has many theories. <laughs> Most of them can actually be summarized in Max Muller's cutesy collection from 1861. Bow wow, poo poo, ding dong, yo he ho, la la, and ta ta. Some believe that humans began to speak by means of mimicking the sounds of animals around them. Some believe that we began to talk after mimicking the sounds of things and actions around us. Others think that humans started communicating from the inherent vocalizations that come from emotional and physical pain. That's, that's how I sound when I cry. <laughs> Like this, some think that talking came from vocalizations of playfulness, much like singing or hummings. And still some believe that communication come from vocalizing needs as we began physically working together. And finally, some think that sounds and phrases came from imitating physical movements with the mouth. Now, it, it should be said that a lot of these theories have some pretty big flaws that cause a lot of linguists to discredit them. There are some other more recent theories that might give some other explanations. Robin Dunbar, for example, believes that communication might have come as a way to bond with each other. Social animals have different means of bonding, like, like grooming, but the largeness of the human groups makes it difficult for us to bond with everyone. I can't groom everybody. So communicating may have been a way to bond with many people at once, or even over a distance. You know, if you see someone coming, you can say, hello, who's there? So let's move on to another question. Where was the first language? Take a guess. 
You're right. We don't know. Yay. <laughs> yes, you also guessed right that there are several theories. <laughs> now looking at written language, Egyptian seems to be the, the most ancient language with proto-hieroglyphics dated to around 2700 BC. And again, finding the origins of spoken language is much more difficult because there, there aren't any traces left of that. Dr. Quentin Atkinson of the University of Auckland performed a recent study from known spoken languages and their phonemes, which was pretty interesting. Now we haven't talked about phonemes yet. That's coming up in a later episode. But essentially, phonemes are the simplest of speech sounds. So Dr. Atkinson looked at the number of phonemes in languages around the world and noticed that the farther away from sub-Saharan Africa a language is, the less phonemes it has. He believes that this complexity may be because of historical use. Older languages would have more phonemes because they have had more time to grow and develop and be used. Therefore, along this thinking, the earliest spoken languages came from southern Africa. Several studies of the change of vocabulary have been done to try to find the origins of the Indo-European language family, which accounts for 450 languages around the world. Though there are several theories, they are all fairly similar in the fact that they place the beginnings of these languages around modern-day Turkey or maybe even above the Caspian Sea in southern Russia. There have been some attempts to reproduce the spoken sounds of the Proto-Indo-European language, but many have criticized this and have said there's just absolutely no way to know if it's accurate. So there you have it. Those are some of the best answers that we have to date for some of linguistics' biggest questions. And yet still there are so many questions out there about the origins of language. Keep your eyes open for more theories and ideas to these questions because there are new ones coming out almost all the time. In fact, you may know of some other theories that I didn't include, so if so, let me know about them by commenting on the video, posting on the website, or reaching out to me by email or social media. If you made it all the way to the end, I think it's safe to say that you are a Logolette too. I'll see you next time. Whoa, excuse me, it's that Korean barbecue. <coughs>